Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I command you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Well, good morning. It's a little different today. I'm going to be talking about our mission trip somewhere. There it is. Okay, so a group of us went to Nepal in March, and it all started because Beth asked me if I wanted to go, and I was like, sure, <laughs> why not? I didn't even have to think about it, and then, uh, and then we put the word out, and um, we ended up, Brenda Baker went, she raised a, a lot of money selling cinnamon rolls, and doing other things, and um, and uh, Brother Barry Canham from over in Lolo by Missoula went with us also, and, but uh, I want to thank um, thank them for putting up with me, and you know, it was a good good trip, thanks to them, and also want to thank Harold for uh, getting me going on this PowerPoint stuff, and and uh, Jerry Golfini um, was instrumental in our, our trip there. He, he lives there, and he's like the driving force behind the church there over there. He, he reminds me a lot of Paul. Um, he's, he's not afraid to rebuke him, and um, he does it lovingly. And um, we got to see that in action in one of the... Um, Safraventi, one of the small villages that we visited. And uh, I'm going to show you a lot of pictures and, and try to tell you what, what it was like and... Um, tell you some of the things that we did, and um, the reason I use the, the Matthew um, 28 scripture, I think we're all familiar with it, but it talks about the Great Commission, and, and part of what we did in Nepal, I think, was we were teaching and preaching and uh, encouraging, and I think that's part of the Great Commission, too, so but, uh, we'll get started here. Okay, so that shows you the scripture there. And this little girl um, was uh, this guy, his his daughter there. She was uh, just the cutest little thing. Whenever we were at the school, um, it's called the Nepal Center for Biblical Studies. And this is out on the veranda type area where we, we ate and we had a lot of meetings and just getting together and stuff and kind of like the central part of the of the building is where you eat it seems like a lot but uh, I don't remember her name I, I don't remember a lot of the names but uh hope you can read that and some of this is a little out of order this is Beth and and Brenda with one of the ladies from the the village um I'll tell you out from the whole trip, I think the village part of it was my favorite part. It's a small, real little place. It's not hustle and bustle like the big city, but but uh, so I show a lot of pictures from there. But I'm, I'm going to try to give you a perspective from the ladies too that were were there. Um, it might be hard for me to do, but because uh, I wasn't there for a lot of the the ladies' classes, obviously, and they did a a great work with the ladies there and. And they uh, helped distribute some money to um, some of the earthquake victims there. I mean, they, they had like a 7.9 earthquake two years ago, and 
and they're still rebuilding from it. And so they um, distributed some money that um, people from the states had uh, offered up, and, and some of their own money, I'm sure, and and some other people too. All right, this is the ladies' class at the the small village, and you can see all the chairs they have there. They would sit this way for several hours at a time without any problem. They're they're used to it. Um, Some of them walked for over five hours to get there. Um, Some of them several days, I think, to get there. And it was pretty rough mountainous territory where we were at. This is in the church building. Here's a picture of Jerry Golfini holding one of the kids at the village. This was way out of sequence. This was towards the end of the trip, but we're waiting for a trip on Yeti Airlines to fly to Mount Everest. We took a tour flight while we were there, and we're just hanging out in the airport waiting, pretty excited. It's a twin-engine plane. Did a little selfie in the cockpit. I didn't shave much while I was there because we didn't have a lot of hot water, but uh, kind of scroungy looking there. But um, Only in Nepal can you go into the cockpit, I guess, and take a picture, you know. It's just like, ee. the co-pilot there. I, I didn't even get to really see her until I took the picture and looked at it later, but I was just like trying not to bump my head on all the, the switches because they told you don't stand up straight in there. You'll be... You know, we'll be doing some weird stuff with the plane. But <clears throat> there is actually a picture of Everest. It's the kind of the the big one there. It's over 29,000 feet. We didn't get real close to it. I, I, I think it's like a restricted flying area over in that area. I wasn't real sure about that. But. And then I had a little problem with my passport. I don't know if you guys heard about this, but uh, the short version is um, when you go on a long trip like this, make sure your country that you're going to doesn't have any restrictions. Well, I found out when I got to Los Angeles, getting ready to get on the plane, I said, you can't go to Nepal. Your your passport is within six months of expiration. It's like, well, it doesn't expire till July. I figured I was good. So I missed the flight on the first flight out of there and um, had to go the, reschedule my flight for the next day and hope that I could get a passport in time. And thankfully, the Lord worked in many ways to make that happen because it was not an easy process. And If you want to hear the story, I can tell you about it later. But I did make the flight with 10 minutes to spare the next day. So it was, it was pretty hectic and crazy, but... Uh, God wanted me there, and I was committed to going too. So if I had to buy a third ticket, though, I wasn't going to do that. I was going to cut my losses. So That's a a little um, hint for you too is if you don't think you need the travel insurance, buy it anyway. (laughs) Would have saved me some money. But anyway, it was was a a learning experience, so hopefully I can pass that on to you guys if, if you're thinking about going somewhere like this. And uh, there were some long layovers in Qatar. 
I missed the first layover. They had a 19-hour layover, so I guess they played a lot of cards. And there's just a picture of Barry and Beth playing some, some golf, which Lyle Newell showed us how to play, and it's a fun game. The airport there in Qatar is like a mall. You know, they have all these really high-end shops and cafes and stuff like that. It's, it's a pretty neat airport. There's a picture of us flying into Kathmandu, or me flying into Kathmandu. They were already there. But uh, you can kind of see the congestion, and and the, it's a third-world country. I mean, there's no doubt about it. But... Um, a lot of the houses look like they're like stacked on top of each other, different levels. And this was kind of a clear day when I was flying in. A lot of days we were there, you couldn't see the mountains. It was just a lot of pollution and smog and stuff there. And the clouds were down low a lot of times. And um, the rest of the group met with the church and... Um, one of the churches in Kathmandu, um, a man named Krishna Gopal is a preacher there. And, and they, they went there with the, the idea and the mission to try to um, get some unity among the church there. Because this church is kind of having some difficulty with what's going on there. But uh, they met with them. And I got there a little bit later and after the service and everything. But, um, you know, we... We we tried to talk to, or they tried to talk to them about it. But um, it's in the Lord's hands, I guess, and hopefully the, um, they can work things out with with them and the other churches in the area. That was one part of the the mission was to go to do that. This is my sleeping quarters. That's not really much of a bed, but it's like this thick. <laughs> There's a pad on top of a piece of plywood. Sorry if it's messy, but I was trying to show what the bed looked like underneath the... I laid a bunch of blankets down to try to make it more like a bed, but it was still pretty hard. So I'm, I'm thankful I have a really nice bed here. Um, one of the things I was looking forward to getting back to the States was sleeping in a, in a real bed, but hey, you do with what you, what you have. I mean, at the men's retreat, it was really crowded this weekend. I saw a guy, I think it was Noah, he was sleeping on the floor without any padding or anything. So I'm too old for that. (laughs) But um, this is more than some people have there probably. So I was thankful to at least have a, a place to sleep and lay my head. This is the kitchen at the school and the cook there. She she cooked so many meals for us. Um, it was incredible. We did eat a lot of the same kind of food. You know, it's not a real rich country. Uh, we ate a lot of rice and uh, Brenda's favorite stuff called dal. Not really. It's, it looks kind of like lentil soup, and you put it on top of the rice. But we didn't know that at first, and we so we tried to eat it, and it just wasn't really good by itself. But put it on the rice, it, it made the rice a little bit better and anyway if you don't like doll maybe you wouldn't want to eat that but uh, we had a lot of what I call bone with chicken when they take a chicken you don't cut it up like us and quarter it up in little 
regular bite-sized eight eight piece chicken meal it's like chop it up in little pieces and you chew it up and you spit the bones out and uh, it was kind of cut like curry type it wasn't real spicy curry and then they usually had some uh, curried mixed vegetables which were really good I thought there's a lot of cauliflower and stuff like that but uh, I I haven't had much rice since I got back though so uh, Taking a little break on the rice, but um, you know it's what they have. So I was very thankful just to to be able to eat. We did have water buffalo one night. Um, you can't have can't eat cow there. A cow is sacred, I guess, in some of the religions, and they're there. But uh, and it's like a government thing too. It's like the government's involved in it. You you can't eat cow. We actually went to a restaurant. I'll show you a picture of it further on that uh, somehow we had beef. I don't know how that happened, but we had beef. A little bit about the food that we ate. We were there for two weeks, and um, at the school, in the middle of the school, we went to the village. So basically, we were there for a few days, went to the village, and came back to school. So... We had a lot of, for lunch and dinner was pretty much the same meal. Breakfast, they made us like, they called it an omelet. It was like an egg with stuff mixed into it. So, and we had peanut butter and jelly toast, which Barry is like a connoisseur of peanut butter and jelly. So, he was right at home there. This is the classroom we were in, and Barry's giving the lesson there. Um, There was about six students. Um, full-time for a two-year program. And then while we were there, some some students came from previous graduates and came there. And so we had a pretty full classroom during that time. And um, the lighting was really good in the daytime, but at night I could hardly see. So it was like, my eyes aren't great anyway. But And the ladies came and... Um, listened to us in the morning a lot of times and uh, encouraged us and could see their smiling faces in the back and kept us going. This is a, a view from the, the roof of the, the school building there. <clears throat> you can see those water tanks in the back and that's their water system. They they pump it up from a well up on to those tanks and then if it gets warm during the day, you get hot water. If it doesn't, you don't. And the the problems with the water were really the water table was really low at that time of year. It hadn't the rainy season hadn't come, so some days we had brown water, and uh, you didn't dare drink the water, of course. And most days you didn't have hot water. And um, so it's a gravity feed system. But uh, you have a really good view of the whole area from the roof. And the airport was just like constantly flying planes right over the top of the house. The the runway was only like not even a half a mile from where they lived. Uh, This is laundry day. Uh, What they did for laundry was they would put it in in a big pot get some water in it and soap and they would like do it by hand. They didn't have washing machines. 
and um, they hang the clothes out to dry, kind of like we do sometimes, but this is what they did. Most of the people there didn't have washer and dryers. That's a youth rally t-shirt there in the middle, if you recognize that. And this is Arun and Manish. They were two of the three interpreters we had there. Arun is actually on the staff there, and Manish is a student. But uh, he went to an English-speaking school in Kathmandu where they had to speak English or they got in trouble. So he had very good English. And um, it would have been very difficult without those guys. And this is kind of where Barry and I had breakfast, usually right out here. And they were eating lunch, I guess. And um, when we went to the, the small village, we, we walked a ways to get to where we could get a taxi so we could get to the bus station. And you just kind of see the neighborhood around there. I don't know if you can see it very well, but um, they have a real problem with trash there. I mean, they just there's trash everywhere. They don't have a good um, trash pickup system. Sometimes we would drive up roads and just there'd be piles and piles of trash alongside the road, like it'd been plowed with a snow plow or something like that. And, but uh, one of the students that uh, Jerry um, and Judy had um, taken care of and helped raise her, basically. Um, she's going to college and she's come, trying to come up with an idea to help with the problem of trash in Nepal. So just a, a side note there. And this is uh, probably not up to code. It's just showing you what the wiring was like to all the... Everywhere you went, you look at the, the wiring. They probably didn't have any codes, but... You would just see people climbing up with a ladder, you know, hooking in their power or whatever. And we didn't have power sometimes for a whole day. And I think this is part of the problem is there's just not a really good system. But And this is anywhere you went, you saw this. And this is uh, Brenda's view of the mountain trail or mountain road. This is looking straight off a cliff, basically, in... The road is right there, and the cliff just drops straight off, and you can see the distance you'd be falling if you went off. And the bus had some pretty squeaky brakes on the way there, so it was pretty interesting. But he's a professional driver, so I, I had faith in him. <laughs> Does that a lot, I guess, but uh, I think if you have a weak heart, it wouldn't be a good, good trip for you. It was an eight-hour bus ride to the village, on this narrow, windy mountain road. And, and they beep their horns a lot, you know, just to, like if you're going around a blind corner, they beep their horns, and it's like, doo -doo -doo. it's not like our horns here. It's, it's really interesting, some of them, but um, on those big vehicles. And so they let the other person know that there's someone coming around the corner. And so it's just everywhere you went, especially in Kathmandu, it's beep, 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 beep. Everybody's just, like, it's crazy driving there, I guess, but. I've heard that India is worse. And uh, this is Sunita. She was she lives there, and she um, she is doing lady studies there. Um, she's translated for Brenda and Beth, and uh, spent a lot of time with her. And 
and she was a really neat lady. She's actually supported, um, her work is actually supported there. I just want to let you know, Jerry's work is not supported. He supports himself there, so um, he lives off Social Security and whatever else, and uh, it goes further there, obviously, because the exchange rate is like one to a hundred, one rupee for a for hundred dollars. Um, I can't read the writing I, I put up there. It's too small, but... Okay. And this is actually the church building in Sefrovenci. And um, it's a brick building. A lot of the brick buildings there, are, this is how they start, and they put plaster over them. This didn't have that. And it just had a metal roof, and there was, like, gaps in the roof and everything, and... When it's hot in there, it's hot, and when it's cold, it's cold. There's no heating or air conditioning system there at all. Um, there's a kitchen on the end, kind of like off the, the bank there. That's where they cooked all the food for the meals that we had while we were there. And this is, I like to take a picture when I go on these mission trips of, of the audience. And if you can notice, the men are on one side and the women are on one side, on the other side. And so that's, that's how they, they sat there. Um, there was more ladies that came later, but they were in the process of, of walking there from long distances. And they came there for, to hear what we had to say, and, and uh, we were hoping to encourage them. And they were having some problems with denominationalism kind of creeping in, and, and that's kind of what our goal was there to... to to talk to him about that, and uh, Jerry did a really good job. Um, he lovingly rebuked them, I like to say, because you know what he had to say was was seemed like harsh words, but they weren't reading their Bibles and they didn't know what was going on. These people would come in and say, "Oh, you need to worship on Saturday," or "or you need to use instruments," or whatever. Um, the Bibles. Very clear if you if you read what the Bible says about those kind of things, but they weren't didn't know what their Bibles were saying because they weren't staying in the Word, and, that, and that's good for us to to remember too. We need to know what the Bible says. Uh, this is the, the Nepalese at the church building outside the church building eating lunch, and if you notice, there's no silverware. That's, that's pretty typical for the people there. Um, they eat with their hands. It seems a little strange to us because we're not used to that, but um, you get used to it after a while. I didn't try it. I'll stick to the fork and spoon. And this is how we ate the first time. They put his, these benches in there, and it was kind of, kind of strange. I wasn't quite sure how to do it, but we did it. That was the first time. The next time we just sat in chairs outside, it was nicer. It was kind of raining this day, I think. So we were inside. And you can notice the menu there, rice, boneless chicken. They pretty much always had those little teeny hot peppers. Carrie would appreciate that. I did try one. I just took like little teeny nibbles at a time. and I finished it, but man, it was... It was very warm. I think it's good for you, though. This is where we stayed in Sefrovenci. It was called the Buddha Guest House. 
hotel. There's a lot of Buddhism and Hinduism there. But um, there was no heat in the building. And, and supposedly, the sign said it had hot and cold water. Just not all the time. <laughs> it was mostly cold. I did get one hot shower there. And I had the hot water, actual really hot water for almost a minute. And then it went back to warm. I'm not sure what happened there, but I just... God must have known I needed something to warm up because it was a little chilly. But even though it was like 70 degrees a lot of days, it was it was kind of damp and it felt cold. I know the ladies had to buy extra coats because it got too cold for them. And let me see here. Yeah, I did have two hot showers while I was there and one hot bath. So, and the rest was cold. It's very refreshing. All right, this is a hot springs in the, at the, by the river uh, at the village we were at. Um, there wasn't a changing room there, so I brought the towel from the motel thinking I could hide behind the towel, and it was like this big. <laughs> and so I got down below the rocks there and behold, behold a little, behind the little pool there where I thought nobody could see me. And so I'm standing there behind my little towel trying to change into my swimming trunks. And I look up, and there's a, like a walkway up above there. There's people taking pictures. And so I became famous while I was there. Not in the way I wanted to be. But, um, hey, that pool was full when I went by there, and they still invited me in, because I was planning to wait until the pool cleared out before I got in. They said, come on in. Like, they were in their underwear anyway. And so I, I had trunks. I was more dressed than they were. So, but um, um, I think I was the only American that went in. The, the girls weren't there when we did this, thankfully. Um, Barry didn't want to go. He wasn't feeling good. He was sick kind of the whole trip, one one thing or another. But uh, I was up for it. And this is a view from the top of our motel. You can see the steep mountains there. Um, they're steep as Montana mountains, and then some. And these weren't the, the tall mountains over by the Himalayas. This was like kind of like a, a mountain range between Kathmandu and the Himalayas. So, but uh, we went over some 10,000 foot uh, passes and, and mountains and stuff to get to this. And there was a lot of windy crossing canyons and stuff. And, a beautiful area. You can see why I like the mountain area there. And this is some of the kids at the church building there. You can see the dress that they have on, and it's a very traditional dress. Some of the kids had more modern stuff. Um, and this little butterfly, I just saw land on this bush, and I think Sunita was telling me, or Bama, one of the other ladies that was translating, that the leaves from this are good for helping you with diabetes, I guess. But I'm not sure. If, it seems like she said they made a tea out of it or something like that, but it was supposed to be helpful for diabetes. Just, um, I went on a hike with uh, the students one day. We crossed several of these um, footbridges that go across the river and... And um, I tried to keep up with them, but 
they're pretty pretty tough little guys. Most of them are about this tall. There's a few taller ones, but their average height is pretty tall or pretty short. And while we're getting to the end of our hike, Marcus, um, he's from this area and rural um, farmer, and uh, he's one of the students. But uh, he knew how to take care of this newborn goat. Thought it was pretty cool there. He just walked right up there and helped it start nursing and stuff. So. But uh, one of the things that they they get when they graduate is they get some money or they give them goats to help them support themselves there because most of them aren't paid preachers there. And they'll go back to their small village and, and preach to their village. So I thought that was pretty neat. <clears throat> and um, when we were getting ready to leave, they had a little ceremony and... Um, gave us some gifts and stuff. And some of the stuff we have up here, too, uh, afterwards, uh, just um, Brenda and Beth will get up and, and talk about some of the stuff when we're all done with worship today after we do the, the birthday songs and stuff and show you some of the stuff that they gave us and some of the souvenirs. Um, it's very humbling, you know, because they have very little, and then they give us stuff, you know. It's just like... Um, we're wearing no shoes there. You don't wear shoes in the building there. They have these little brooms. It's like strands of hard grass that they sweep the floor with. It's not like a hand broom or with a handle on it. They just they sweep it out and they do it all the time. And they're just down there doing it all the time. So it's pretty interesting how that goes. Um, when we were after this part, we got kind of got together and everybody was just like walking around, talking to each other and taking pictures. And man, those little kids, they loved their picture taken. And you, you had to show them the picture right away. It's like, it was just like, um, I don't know what to say, but beautiful, beautiful people. And you can kind of see the difference in, in dress. It's kind of tribal. Some of it is, and then like the girl on the right, she has more modern stuff there. But they wear a lot of warm clothes because it, it can be cold there. Um, it's more temperate, I think, than Montana. It's not, not as cold. They don't get much snow there in that part of the country. <clears throat> Some of the kids, they do this namaste greeting to you. This is like their youth group. Um, some more of the kids there. Beth and Brenda with their nice hats. And we went to this restaurant in San Provence. Um It was pretty cold inside, and and the the guy says, "Would you guys like a heater?" It's like, "Yeah!" <laughs> so you can see the little heater in the back. And I don't think they normally do that for people there, but. Uh, for us cold Westerners, we did that. I did uh, try a delicacy dessert there. It's called a Snicker Roll. It's a deep-fried Snickers bar. <laughs> some, this was um, taken, I think, probably during some of the classes that the ladies were given to the ladies there. And... 
we were at, back at the, the classroom in Kathmandu, and um, this kind of sh- illustrates some of the translation barriers we've talked about in past weeks. I know Chris has talked about some of the translations and stuff, but he was trying to talk to them about sin of commission, the difference between sin of commission and omission, and he belabored the point and for like an hour and a half and we tried to explain it different ways and and they just it didn't translate but apparently their bibles explain it differently so but uh the point was that um you have to be ready for that kind of stuff when you do these it's not always going to be able to understand each other communication sometimes is difficult but uh you do the best you can and you and you move on um let's see All right, we, we had takeout food one night at the school, and this was really nice. We had, it was like Chinese food, kind of. They had Nepali pizza. Never had Nepali pizza. It was pretty good. It was like chicken pizza. There was no meat lovers there, so. Uh, this is our um, bathroom accommodations at the school building. Uh, they didn't have Western toilets there. There's a shower right next on this side of the toilet. We call them squatty potties, but some people call them Persian potties or something. I'm not sure. And then the sink is on this side of that. And so if you wanted to flush the toilet, there's a little spigot there. You filled your bucket up, and then you just dumped it in there. Sometimes you had to do it several times. And... um, Appreciate what we have, Western toilets. I know Jerry has both. I didn't. I opted to use the Western toilet when we stayed at Jerry's house. But, but those cold showers in that room right there is like. Ugh. <laughs> and this is um, the students that, um, or the young people, Jerry's and Judy both provide for, and raised them up from little kids and taught them the Bible, and they're in college now and. And I know the girls got, the ladies got to spend a lot of time with them, uh, got to know them. We, did, we didn't see them very much. We were in a different place most of the time, but um, some neat kids. I mean, they're uh, really smart, and um, they love God, and, they, and they're, they're wanting to make their, play, their country better, too. And it's, it's really neat what they've got going on. And then they made us cookies one day. This is um, Gajendra on the left there. He's the director of the school, and his parents are on, on the, the right. Um, his parents actually owns, own this land here, and they gave them some land. So they're building a new school building there on this land. Right now they were renting, or they were renting it. I think they're actually moving into it already. But it wasn't quite done. But we, we went and visited one day, and... and um, so they will own the building now, and so they'll be not investing their money in rent. They'll actually be um, investing in the property there. So it costs a little bit more the rent, but I mean, than it was to rent the place. But they'll have something to show for it. This is what they haul the stuff in the fields with. I didn't actually have to carry anything because I'm old. 
I was just demonstrating what some of the people did there. I think I was just trying to be funny, really, but my hair was messed up. This this little um, thing in the white colored looks almost like cheesecake. Well, it kind of tastes like a cross between cheesecake and fudge, but it's actually called barfy. <laughs> it tastes pretty good. When when they first offered it to us, he said barfy, and I said buffy. No, barfy. Like that doesn't make it sound good, but uh, that's one of those translation things. So, but it was pretty good. They went and got it for us. It's a Nepali specialty, I guess. But and then they had some regular cookies. And this is actually at Gajendra's parents' house. We were having some of this. And there's his sister on the left, and his father is sitting down on the far right in the back, and then some of the students. And we were visiting with them, and. It's kind of like it is in a lot of other places in the world where there's different levels and like like the sister or the mother and father will live in one level and the and the grandfather will live in another level and so different generations living in the same building but on different levels like that so they they have a good family unity and they take care of each other and it's a little different than we do things here Okay, and this is a fancy restaurant we went to. Yeah, Bear, uh, Jerry told us when we went there, you can eat anything on the menu here. You don't have to worry about getting problems with your gastrointestinal things. So we did have a few issues while we were there, so we got some medicine, took care of that. But uh, the food there was was really good. Apparently there was a rat running through there. I didn't see it. Brenda said she saw a rat, but I had my back turned to it, so I'm probably thankful for that. But, but it was it was like in a back alley where we went to this place, and it was really fancy to me, and and uh, so it was like a night out on the town. This is kind of one of the last nights we were there. And this is at Sunita's house. We actually had Mexican food there. She made Nepali-style Mexican food, and Jerry was cooking, and and Barry had a a nice little um, what do they call those things? I don't know. He was wearing a apron. That's it. Part of the time, pretending to cook, but uh, this is just gathering around the table. You don't see all the food yet, but. And the trip home, Brenda's taking a little siesta there in the awesome chairs. <laughs> so there, there is some issues with, you know, with travel. If, if you have issues with travel and you can't sit for a long time or you can't sleep well, you need to plan for that kind of stuff. I think if I did again, I would get a motel on those long layovers. So anyway. All right, so some of the things uh, I asked the ladies and everyone to give some inputs and why do a mission trip to Nepal? Well, um, I think a big part of our mission was to encourage other Christian brothers and sisters there across the world and to keep strong in the faith. I mean, they're a small 
group of people there are Christians and it's easy for them to, to lose hope. And I think it was helpful for us to, to be there and encourage it. And it encouraged us also. Um, and I, I have some quotes here. Beth said that the trip to Nepal fulfilled for me many years of longing to see the work and people that Mike and my dad labored for in the Lord. You know, her dad and Mike had been there a lot. Or I'm not sure if Mike was there a lot, but her dad was there a lot. And anywhere you go, pretty much in that area, you talk about Charles Scott, and they will know who that is. So that was best dad. And um, on our goals, I, I wrote down Brenda. Brenda's goals were to take in anything that I could learn about the Nepali culture, and build relationships with as many people as I could while I was there. And um, I don't know, I, I don't need to say anything more about that. And some takeaways from the trip, Brenda, was how perfectly God works if we're willing to let him direct our steps. And Beth said, we, we felt that we gained as much from them as they did from us. We saw them practice the love of Jesus, generosity in the face of poverty, and the beauty of contentment in all circumstances. Right, so I want to talk just a little bit about finances for the trip and, and some of the other mission work that the church is involved here. Um, everyone on this trip paid their own way, um, either by raising money through cinnamon rolls or from their own pocket or people volunteering to support them. So this wasn't money that uh, the church actually gave us money to go on this trip, Okay. So if you're going to go on a trip, realize that you're going to have to raise money or come up with money somehow for that. Um, some of the other works that we support are in Lewistown. And some of these are um, from individuals and some is from the church budget. Um, also in Whitehall, John um, Dufford is preaching over there. And uh, Rupert, Idaho... And then uh, Pedro and Pablo Sanchez from Chile. Um, Don and Diane Hansen have been supporting them along with Luis there for many years. And they're retiring. They announced this recently that they're retiring. And so they're not going to be able to support the work there anymore because their incomes are reduced. And so they're asking for people that are interested to help uh, replace some of that income. Um, that's going to them because the work that's going on there is throughout um, South America, Central America, and Mexico, and even in the United States. They come here, and it's hard to believe you know they're coming from Chile and doing mission work in the United States, but uh, we need it here too. So, but uh, the work there is awesome. Um, we went to Chile a couple years ago. And um, we, we actually seen firsthand what's going on there, and it's powerful. Um, so if you're interested in doing supporting that work, or if you are interested in supporting the work in Nepal, talk with me, and I can get you in touch with people that uh, can help you with that. Um, just a, a note that uh, the church or the school there is actually an extension of Bear Valley School of Preaching. And uh, they do get some support from them, but a lot of their support comes from individuals. So, 
Um, I think we're about out of time here, and uh, this is my last slide. Um, I just want to thank everyone for um, everything, that, all your prayers especially um, during this time. And um, for the people that didn't get to go, um, hopefully this will help you see what we got to do there. Um, and um, next time when you're um, wanting to do something like this, be sure and get a hold of some people that have done it before you because that saved us a lot of times on this trip. Um, we kind of went blind, but we had a little idea what we were going. I mean, we didn't have somebody that had been there, you know, leading us around. So it was a little stressful at times, but, you know, we got through it and uh, a lot of prayer from you guys and from us too. That really helped a lot and I appreciate that. Um, we'll have a, a song of in invitation and then we'll sing some birthday songs and then if you want to come up and check out some of the stuff up here, you're welcome to. But uh, thank you guys. All right, let's stand, please, sing this song. <clears throat> Encamped along the hills of light, ye Christian soldiers rise and press the battle ere the night shall veil the glowing skies. Against the foe in veils below, let all our strength be hurled. Faith is the victory we know that overcomes the world. Faith, victory, faith is the victory. Oh, glorious victory that overcomes the world. His banner over us is love, our sword, the word of God. We tread the road, the saints above, with shouts of triumph trod. By faith they like a whirlwind's breath swept on o'er every field. The faith by which they conquer death is still our shining shield. Faith is the victory, faith is the victory. Oh, glorious victory that overcomes the world. To him that overcomes the full white raiment shall begin. Before the angels we shall know his name confessed in him. Then onward from <clears throat> hills of light, our hearts with love aflame, will vanquish all the hosts of night in Jesus' conquering name. Faith is the victory, faith is the victory. Oh, glorious victory that overcomes the world. Jim. <clears throat>